0: wait 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 uh just just say that again the pros were what <laughs> just in case it's <laughs> I, I, worth I the pros like. i mean it serves like the
1: narrative and like the philosophy but like the pros was pretty weak at times it was like and then i stopped i could not think of something to do you know and or like he did stop talking after that curious mm-hmm. it's like like a lot of like really like basic observation which like but i listened to the audio instead of rereading it like i listened to the audiobook twice and i think that kind of like emphasize the like weak like the low um yeah. basic pros a little bit uh for me. That's interesting. The narrator I mean, just be like like very frequently like I was feeling very warm. The sun was beating on me. I felt warm. You know, like I I started moving forward. Indeed it's like very, I felt warm. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> that's which you know, reading through you can kind of blitz past that, but listening to it, it's like you're forced to listen to whatever pace the uh narrator gives. Well, yeah what?
2: that's that, that, that that's that's fair at least i mean like if they it's true like whenever you do read that like that that wasn't an issue for me reading it
1: yeah right? I don't think it was like, an issue it was just like yeah. an observation that like especially because i listened to the audiobook twice i could almost like anticipate what was going to be coming so it was just like all right here we go 15 seconds for the guy to say he's warm <laughs> you know yeah so I mean, so I very mean, on it, the micro scale
2: i mean it's definitely i mean i don't know if you like uh listen to the introduction Um, But, like, in the introduction, like, they talk about how, like, Camus intentionally chose this terse style of writing, you know, aptly named the American style of writing, (laughs) you know, just after, like, well, it's just like a a lot of, you know, American protagonists that have sort of this internal dialogue where statements are made terse on the page. Mm. So, um,
1: yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, I I liked through. it. I liked it. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it. I, it was just an observation that I had. That like, I think because I listened to the audiobook twice, it's just like all these comments were just like so more slowly made than I would have read it, and then
0: twice over.
1: Um, I w-
0: I wonder because I I very much enjoyed the writing style, but I also just read it, and I also read it in I don't know like because we have different versions or whatever. But mine, I think we have different versions, right? Um, Do we?
2: What's the uh, the cover of yours look like?
0: Uh, it looks like this. It's um, the translation is by Matthew Ward.
2: You uh, see in the back here. I...
0: And mine is. What like does your a... cover look like, Adam? Mine's hundred twenty-three pages.
2: Um. So mine's also by Matthew Ward. Oh. Um. But here is the cover.
1: That's the one that I have I... as well. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure if I listened to the audio for that. Virgin I think actually
0: those are the same book. I think it's just like a different... Um, I
2: think it, you said you did look through that, right? No, no, you looked through... You it show, was, shock, it was, shock the Fatalist and his Master. Okay, never yeah. mind, never mind. Yeah. But, but when I, I
0: was ordering this, that cover yeah. came up and it seems to be the same. It's just like the same book, different editions or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I'm sure it should be fine.
2: Good translation, by the way. I, I, mm. thought it was, I thought it was a really good translation. I, oh, yeah, I,
1: I, I listened to the word translation. I just double-checked the video I watched. It was good. And we're all on the same page. Th- this you know,
0: a, it good. It, it was a book where I um I would sit down to read for like I was just like oh okay I'll I'll read for the next you know because there were I think two main parts but then there were like chapters within the two main parts yeah I would sit down and be like okay I'll just like read a chapter right now I've got like ten minutes or whatever um yeah and then I would accident I would just continue reading for like several more chapters because it's just like a very it's very readable like, it's oh very, it's very yeah yeah for sure. Yeah. Um.
1: I I like the structure so much more than nausea, where it's just like <laughs> random days, some of which last like forty pages, some of which last like you know. 10%. Some days were one line. Yeah. No, there was one that's like, I don't exist today.
0: Nothing, <laughs> like, nothing happened, or one was like anything could happen. I think there was like a yeah. t-
1: Tuesday. It was
0: like Tuesday, anything could happen. Yeah.
1: This made it much. E- I mean, I listened to it, but still, like, I it it really helps, you know, like kind a of pace. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not, not
2: not a huge fan of like the diary entry style literature. I, I I mean, I maybe someone can give me an example of something I've read where I've enjoyed it, but I've come across it a few times now and it's never been my favorite style of literature.
1: I can imagine it being um, good, but yeah, I agree. I haven't read anything where it kind of serves a greater purpose and emphasizes or it heightens my enjoyment. No,
2: I like when things
1: are kind of wrapped up neatly in a chapter, like it. Like it,
2: it's. It's even if like one chapter bleeds into the next, it's like you can refer to a single chapter. Like I, I don't you know. Just for I, a
1: reference for discussion alone is yeah enough to yeah. justify it for me. I mean, I do think it might have served the purpose of nausea to like make it confusing in that way. Like the pacing was just way off. Like that might have been part of the intention. Um, but regardless, uh, I much prefer chapters. To reference
0: yeah well i was gonna say um i i have a prediction for this discussion i feel like we're going to end this discussion and basically repeat the same i don't want to call it a mistake because like who knows what would have happened otherwise but you know how we read nausea and then we circled back around to like an actual kind of um like more explicitly philosophical work by sartre i kind of feel like i would benefit from circling back around uh and doing the same for Camus and returning to because i've read the myth of sisyphus but neither of you have right is that a paper <laughs> um it's a book it's a book but i but i believe i don't remember the actual style of the book It like the title of it is the myth of sisyphus and other essays um but, I don't recall to be honest, uh because when I originally read it, <clears throat> I read it as an audiobook, so i don't I don't know how it's actually physically laid out, but I kind of <clears throat> excuse me um i like because I knew a tiny bit more about Camus uh like before reading The Stranger. So it kind of made me realize, oh, I, I almost want to like return to his more explicitly philosophical works after this in the same way that we did for Sartre. I me, how long is uh, the myth? Uh, so it's 212 pages, but it could be if I, I don't remember exactly how it's laid out. It could be the case that like one kind of section of that it is like kind of hit, like the main main kind of, essay, you know, the okay. main entree of the philosophical treatise. There, yeah,
1: yeah. So actually, hold on, I might have actually accidentally started listening to the audiobook for that. Does that like start with suicide conversation? Yes, it
0: does. He, okay, he, he but thinks... I,
1: I accidentally. I think the, like the YouTube video immediately recommended to me after I finished <laughs> The Stranger, The Myth of Sisyphus. So it makes actually, sense. that's yeah. that's doable. It's a little bit bulkier other than The Stranger, but I think it's doable. Yeah, your your
0: ears are up for the task. <laughs> <laughs> uh give me strength. Well I mean commute, commutes have to be just golden for that. I mean that's that's like pristine uh listening time in my opinion cuz like I don't know if you if you're like a, on a commute you never have to focus that much on what's going on uh to the point where it's like very entertaining. You can kind of get like wrapped up in the audiobook. Oh yeah, no 100%. Like I was doing it while I was working. Um
1: and it like, it was simple to follow. Many vials um, were contaminated. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my boss. <laughs> but no, I mean, it was easy to follow. And like the more simple pros, like the American style, um, as Adam called it, hmm. um, actually helps the audio format. Um, if you're not like hyper-focused on it. Um, Cause like, it also wasn't like, s- s- like a paper in that, like, it would be torturous to like listen to like a philosophical paper. I feel like oh. like you, you, I couldn't track that in my head.
0: <laughs> that
1: that sounds like honestly torture. So is uh, my question there it, then is like is the myth of Sisyphus, <sighs> yes. um, much more oriented towards like a paper yes. reading? I believe so. Yeah, okay.
2: I I started reading it and it's it's dense.
1: Okay. Yeah. So- yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just good to know. I don't want to be the uh, rate limiting step so I'll well, make no. informed decisions
0: I think we would have to order because I would want to I wouldn't want to listen to an audiobook version because I already did that so I would want to reread it so we might yeah. not actually do it next next oh that's um, fine yeah Um. but um. well it could arrive in four days okay we'll discuss this after <laughs> okay, no, no way <laughs>
1: <laughs> not a chance we get it on Friday and I'm having it read <laughs> the
0: ears can't handle such abuse <laughs> I cannot. Um, Okay. So for better listening content, we're talking about, um, we should say, so The Stranger by Albert or Albert Camus. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, we've kind of like basically said our our remarks about it. Generally speaking, um, I thought the experience of reading this was more positive. I had more generally positive affect reading this than I did nausea. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, I mean, okay, it's like a very simple story um but i, I found myself at times sort of like I, I think i think I was like you know physically making that kind of aghast like face while i was i was like what just like i I was kind of baffled at his course of action, I was baffled at other people's courses of action uh and thoughts so it was like a it was kind of a um an interesting novella in that sense.
2: Yeah, definitely. I also think um I there are I mean, we dive more into like the psychology of the character as simple as the story is. Yeah. You know, so I definitely want to kind of figure out collectively here why did Camus make Mersault the the way that he is? Like what what is that what is the purpose of that what is he trying to you know demonstrate with that so
0: yeah in the same way that we sort of hypothesized and then I feel like got our questions answered with with Sartre's the strain or um uh, nausea like Antoine in that
1: yeah yeah I actually it's interesting that like three of the major works that we've done here all involve kind of the psychology of like a edge of society man you know
0: yeah, well, I, so I was going to say, like, I, I, we can start to talk about it. Uh, I saw, like, I didn't think that this character uh, paralleled uh, uh, Antoine from Nausea and then the Underground Man exactly, but I did notice a few, I noticed, like, a few kind of parallels. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's one big one. This guy doesn't seem very intelligent. <laughs> this guy doesn't seem very intelligent. Um, he didn't seem, like, overtly stupid, though. What, what do you mean by that? I just
1: got the impression that he was kind of just casually, like he was observant to some extent, but he kind of was just like casually floating. He never, all of his comments were simple. Like we were talking about the pros. Um, I don't know. I just didn't get like, um, especially when you compare it to like the underground man who was like making these kind of like deep cuts at his own expense and like um, other like observations that were, I don't know, more insightful. It seemed like we're supposed to kind of read about, um, this character. I don't know. I it's just, do you, did you feel like he was intelligent? Cause I really just didn't get that vibe. I, I am not an idiot, but just like not, not as intelligent as I at least read into the underground man.
2: Yeah. I, I kind of get what you're saying a little bit in the sense that he's certainly not a character of the mind. Like he is very like sensuous in the sense that like, it's all about, You know like the effect his surroundings and much of how stimulus plays a role in his thinking and his experience rather than you know conceptions of reality that kind of rattle like rattle around in his head that we're kind of analyzing there it's more about um i mean he's constantly like as you said observing you know how the light makes him feel like he's noticing coldness and warmth He also seems I mean, he constantly like it's a constant refrain of his that he's tired or, you know, that he would rather be in a more comfortable position. I mean, it's always like his kind of immediate physical desires are always very present. If you know what I'm saying, it feels like that's
1: all that's rattling around in there, though, to be honest, like most of the time.
2: Yeah, a good bit of the time.
1: So that's why I guess that. Is basically informs my impression that he wasn't too intelligent. Again, not like an idiot, but just like we, we don't get you know like a lot of like angst from overthinking that we got from the previous characters.
2: I agree with yeah. that. I agree yeah. with that. Much less
1: analytical. Just kind of like I observe that I am warm. You know, like yeah, that. I mean, that's like a lot of his dialogue. To be honest,
2: I actually agree with that. I don't, I actually don't think he's it's. It's like we'd have to parse that word analytical, but I would agree. I would say he's observant, but not analytical.
1: Yeah, I think both of the previous characters were
0: analytical. And it's, I, I guess yeah. it's also like it, for this character specifically, it's hard to tell. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'm sort of thinking about like, it, it's its almost hard to tell how analytical he could be because it seems <laughs> like a lot of his, he, he almost... Um, He's lacking in reaction to many things in a lot of ways. So like, you know, kind of the book opens up with his mother dying and he's very. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like, even know he, if, it, if it was like yesterday or not, for sure. Yeah, he, he, so he doesn't even know, like, you know, because he has to go. He, he lives in France in some smaller town. He lives in Algeria. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. And then he had to
1: go to like somewhere else in Algeria. So oh, it's around Algiers. Yeah. I,
0: because um because he was offered a job in Paris. That's why I was. That's True. Why I yeah. 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 Um. So yeah. So he lives in Algeria. Um. And it. But he. It said it was in like a kind of a smaller town. But he had to go to like this very rural area. Um. uh To. To bury his mother, uh, and he had put her in a home, and it, it was like. It was almost hard to tell for me if he was not intelligent or analytical uh, versus almost sort of like didn't have a lot of strong feelings about many things in general. But yet kind of like you, you could imagine someone who has this like great potential for analytical thought, but who doesn't react strongly to a lot of things. And so it doesn't kind of like get off the ground. You know, you, <laughs> I get what you're saying, but I'm, I'm very much invoking Sartre
1: in the if he doesn't do it. Then he's not. <laughs> no, no. Of course, of course. I'm. Not, I'm not claiming. that you're saying. I I, like saying, yeah. I, mean, I don't I, think we can I, crucify I, I, I can... him as like a moron, but like, he,
0: I don't yeah. know. For yeah, the he, other he, characters,
1: he... it would seem like if he was like experiencing indifference, they would kind of like observe and then discuss that and like feel angst about it or like you know or you know feel unfortunate that he feels that way. But for him, it's just that's it.
2: I I agree with Giffen. I think much of the trial kind of just demonstrated that. I mean. For example, like when, um, like when, like Marie took the stand, right? I mean, it, it's it's like, like what what were the things that were put on the page? Okay, it was her figure, it was you know the color of her skin, yeah, the fact that you know her beauty, you know he wanted her physically in that moment, but there were like there wasn't much emotion, and it's like okay, fine, he's not an emotional guy. Mm. Okay, what were the implications of her being on that stand? Mm. Well, there, there weren't a lot there either rattling around. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. So I kind of the agree The social different.
1: element is like almost absent, like almost entirely, like in his thinking.
2: Yeah, and and he's, he's obviously not a fool, but maybe just like maybe more of a shallow guy would be a better way to say it. Like he's just, he's very um, surface level approach to life so
0: yeah
1: yeah i mean if you kind of like pull out like the general conception of intelligence into like the different parameters like i think this socially he's like a zero but like everything else is probably like you know normal ish right (laughs) like he like he didn't even seem to understand uh, he like there are a few instances where he like can understand other people are experiencing something but like even then it's a tenuous grasp on that and like a lot of the times it's like i don't know you you feel like there's a lot of like high stakes situations or and he's just like what you get from him is like he stopped talking for a moment or then he like the the epiphanies are like ah it would be quite awkward to ask that question and that's it you know like whenever um i think this was when the lawyer um his lawyer was like asking him like if he felt sad his mother died or something like that mm-hmm. and he's like the, the lawyer was like i understand that like i feel very uncomfortable but i need to ask this and then like the only thing you get from him is like Oh, that would be uncomfortable to ask. Like that, that is like the depth we get in like interpersonally. that is or, like, or, I think the or, peak. Or, or here's
2: another one that's I, I think even more damning. Um, okay, so when the chaplain comes to meet with him at the end of the book.
1: Oh at the very end yeah it, <laughs> at,
2: at the very end, I, I take I take him at his word that he's genuinely uninterested about the concept of an afterlife or a god. Yeah. right so it's not as though he's adamantly doesn't believe in a god in the sense that here are my reasons why it, it, it's ultimately to him there is it, it's not that he i i actually do want to get into some of that text because he does give yes. re, he does give reasons but i also believe he is uninterested in that question so yeah. he, he says yeah. he is and i believe him so
0: <laughs> i think that's fair well, and just <clears throat> like one, one last thing, adding to like Giffen your comment about his social intelligence being essentially zero. Yeah. He, um, this was in the beginning, but he has Marie. No, no. Oh, he, sorry. he had several instances where I, I was kind of, I was very almost, um, it took me out of the book for a second, um, where he was projecting onto people, uh, kind of these like accusations or demands for an explanation from him from things that you would not actually like think that they were um doing that like when he says he told his boss uh that he (laughs) would need you know two days off to go see his mother he, he he said um you know and i felt very defensive that i i should explain to him precisely why the nature of it you know, was set up such to create myself a four day weekend. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And it was like, your, your boss probably isn't actually thinking about that. Yeah. Well, I,
2: well but, but I think it kind of goes back to once again, just these visceral responses on his part where he mm. might've actually sensed the annoyance. Like he, he says that he thought the boss was sort of annoyed. So yeah. in that moment he reacted to say, you know, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not yeah. my fault. And, and so it's like, he really is almost like this carnal figure that is like, you know, reacting in the moment, how he sees fit. I mean, I I, I hate to kind of keep jumping around, but this one just popped into my mind as well, but it's like his relationship with Raymond, right? Where it's like, Raymond is this deplorable figure, you know, very unlikable (laughs) when, when when, when you read of him. I mean, just for the listeners background, Raymond. I was gonna, yeah, we should do. Yeah. A,
0: we should do a quick plot discussion.
2: Yeah, sure. But, <laughs> plot and but characters. But but okay. But Raymond lives in his you know apartment complex, and he um, ultimately was like hitting his girlfriend or his mm. quote unquote mistress in this case um, because he thinks that she's been cheating on him and he's found certain things that make him believe that. So, like. <laughs> I, I think I recall that Mersalt like witnesses at least like some of like the beatings. Yeah. And then you know, goes over and like, you know, ultimately has like dinner with the guy at or or lunch or dinner. And he's like, You're my pal, right? And Mursault's like, Yeah. Yeah, like I am your He sort pal. of like you know,
0: acquiesces to it. He doesn't like he doesn't try to be pals with him, but he's he's fine to be pals. He's like, him. I cannot exactly. think of yeah. a reason not to be a pal, and that suffices to kind of just
1: continuing the engagement. That's very strange.
2: But but it, it kind of goes back to the you know the point I was driving at, which is he seems like once again, it's like in the moment, like what will co- you know provide him like the greatest sort of like you know joy and pleasure in the moment well it's just being friends with the guy you know mm. he just acquiesces to the friendship as you said like yeah sure we're pals you know <laughs> do you want to go to you know the the beach um you know yeah sure I'd love to go to the beach you know it's just yeah. like he just kind of water would be
1: the- nice <laughs> you know yeah, yeah it he would goes- feel nice on my skin
2: exactly he's just kind of like a go with the flow mm. you know character so
0: yeah. So do yeah, we want to he, go over
1: like the arcs of oh, this plot?
0: Yeah. So basically, like I mean, Adam began it when when saying that so okay, he um so like I mean the, the plot itself is fairly short. He um he's kind of you're you're kind of dropped into his life in a very non you don't know a lot about his background or anything. I mean he's essentially nothing really. Um and he he basically I mean he just kind of very out of nowhere begins this relationship with someone who he had, you know, he had kind of desired this woman from his office and they no longer work together or whatever, but he just kind of like comes into random contact with her and they begin this romantic entanglement
2: the day um, after his mother died.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Day so that's where we really died. start. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, their relationship kind of progresses in a in an odd way where you don't get the sense of that. I don't know, at least I didn't. Like, did, did you guys get the sense that they were sort of like um, emotionally intimate? I mean, because they were obviously, <laughs> like, they, they, they seemed, they were obviously physically intimate, but there there was no, like... I think there, so here's, here's the thing. I think Marie, like, there were
1: emotions being... Like coming from one end, but not the other. They were not reciprocated, right? Because yeah. because I Merceau is just incapable. Because twice Marie asks, "Like, do you love me?" And he says, "I do not think I do." Well, but it's he like, but he also says he also says he's like I don't think this means much, but I don't <laughs> think I do. Yeah, and, yeah, no, that's right. He says like, it's like I don't value this statement, but no.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like he's like don't make a big deal out of this, but no and, and, and just, then like curiously whenever she's like will you marry
1: me like or like would you he's like i can't think of a reason why not it's like, the yeah. the the social relationship is like there's a huge gap there and he just does not even perceive like that there's supposed to be some sort of emotional prerequisite to like the engagement
0: yeah yeah um and marie's confused as hell <laughs> yeah but, but the, i mean it almost reflects poorly on her too because she's just like we'll get married then it was. it's like okay this man clearly does not you know kind of desire to get married you know to you in like the way that i, I don't know Do you, okay just pretend that you had like you know a, a friend who was a girl and then she tells you that story i would be like uh there'd be like red <laughs> there'd be like serious points of concern enormous red me. flags being waved yeah i mean i know this is you know before our time obviously but i, I I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like, you need to sit her down and explain. Yeah, just be like, I I don't know, like as a man myself, like that is not the (laughs) that is not the set of emotions that I would expect myself to feel. You know, like if I were, yeah. Um. So, but but um, you know, so so their relationship is kind of ramping up, and um. And Raymond, as you mentioned, Adam, he invites him to go to the beach. He has this friend who has a beach house. Um, Raymond so, has a friend. Yes, Raymond has a friend who has a beach house. Um, and as they're leaving to go to the beach, Raymond has seen these, uh, the book refers to them as Arabs, um, who... Yeah, right. Because uh, we're in the, Africa, right? We're in Algeria. So Yes, yes. One of, one of, the,
2: one of the Arabs is the brother of 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 the girl that raymond was beating
0: mm-hmm. so yes that's yeah. the
2: connection there
0: yes and he has seen them kind of you know following him multiple times but they've never engaged with him it seems like and um and so they see raymond and uh Marcel and marie getting on the bus to go to the beach and later while on the beach uh the there were two arabs uh you know the 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 woman's brother and just you know his friend i would assume and uh and raymond you know kind of says like i'll take the brother he's my man and you know he just kind of knocks him out cold very quickly and i think um is it is it mersall who no, no the, the, it's the, the other friend, the friend. yes the friend is it who, mason it was it's, something it, like that. Yeah. yeah. Masson or something. M-A-S-S-O-N. Yeah.
2: Something like that. I, I, I don't know. I how didn't know
0: set. what. Yeah. Um, but he he kind of, you know, attacks the other one. Uh, uh, and, and they've like physically bested both of them. But then the one brandishes a knife and, you know, everyone kind of separates and the Arabs back away. And, um, and you know, just Ramon like, gets cut. Yeah, Ramon gets cut yeah. pretty badly. Yeah. Uh and he oh, goes- wait,
2: so it's it's Ramon instead of Raymond. I, I anglicized every single name.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I listened to the audiobook and it was like
1: yeah. some French pronunciation. So yeah. I kind of just say okay. Ramon.
2: Yeah, yeah, let's go with Ramon then. <laughs> Raymond. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't gonna
1: say anything because they're like easy to No, know, I, I anglicized
2: <laughs> every single one. Mersault. Uh yeah, so
0: it's
1: Merceau. Ramon, and then um, what's the last? I forget like the friend's name. He kind of just dis- disappears at a certain point. Mason. It, it, what is it, it? doesn't even matter. Mason. Mason. Mason.
2: Mason. Close enough.
1: Mason. <laughs> Mason. will work. Honestly, I don't.
2: Know. Mason. <laughs> <Mostly>. <laughs> yeah, well. he's
0: kind of like a minor, minor character. He does not matter. Um, and um, and so, so he, so basically, you know, after after uh, Raymond, Ra- Ramon is healed, uh, they. And Ramon goes uh, and gets his gun and essentially <laughs> goes back to the beach and he's going to just shoot the Arabs in cold blood, essentially, because they're both just like, you know, they've been, they you know, they were beaten up themselves um, and so they're kind of just like you know, kind of tending to their own wounds in a in a way, I guess, like relaxing in this like cave ish sort of a thing. It's like a
1: rocky outcrop or something.
0: Yeah, it was basically just sort of like a place of shelter, I guess, on the beach, um, like created by the rock outcropping. And uh, uh, and 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 uh, Mersault, yeah, Mersault says, you know, no, that that would kind of be like dishonorable <laughs> to do, essentially um i'll well, take the gun he, he he takes the gun from him and this is a moment which like
1: it's like oh this guy is actually maybe has social capacity like he understands the situation right yeah but yeah. then <laughs> but like he has a blip of like a three um social intelligence and then
2: <laughs> well i mean yeah, i mean he says something along the lines of okay don't shoot unless they brandish the knife first that's what he says yes so so he recognizes that okay we you know we shouldn't attempt to kill unless they threaten violence here so
0: Yeah.
1: yeah um but it also seems like they're kind of seeking it at this point right like that's kind of the situation they're kind of like meandering back to where they will oh, like it to totally, me find them. Oh, so. it's totally on them. I mean, <laughs> Ramon yeah.
0: goes and gets like the, I mean, he intended to obviously kill yeah. both of them in cold blood. So yeah. it's...
2: He was very upset when, you know, the friend and Merceau attempts to follow him. You know, remember yeah. like his yeah. frustration at, at you yeah. know, he's, he's like, you know, okay, yeah, we'll go back out to the beach with you. And he's just very <laughs> angrily turns around, you know, because he intended to, you know, leave alone and yeah. shoot yeah. in cold
0: blood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Okay. And so like th- this, like from this point on is where I thought like the novel became very philosophically interesting because so maybe uh, I was thinking about like, I don't know, there, there are a couple main themes from Camus larger work that I thought would be interesting to maybe even like put on the table as we got to the more philosophically interesting stuff. Um, Cause I mean, so because i so i read i read the stranger and then revisited some of his um because i didn't want to corrupt the reading in the same way that you guys didn't know about his other work um but i revisited some of my notes about the myth of sisyphus and that, okay there there are definitely some ideas that i thought were appropriate to table like before the discussion so basically um We've, we've often referenced in this series, but like in general, The Absurd by Thomas Nagel, that, that short essay. Um, so actually, if you remember, Adam, you read this. Uh, towards the end of The Absurd, Nagel uh, responds directly to Camus, if you remember that. He says, so Camus also discusses The Absurd. And he, uh, he says that The Absurd is kind of this disconnect between what he calls life's silence to our kind of questions for answers versus our own insatiable curiosity. So basically like we cannot help, but be intensely curious about, you know, all of these deep existential questions, you know, the meaning to life. Is there an afterlife? Where did we come from? What is our purpose? Right. And he says that, you know, the, the, uh, the universe kind of has like an austere silence with respect to that. And that disconnect there is, is where he thinks that the absurd kind of gets off the ground. Um, And his answer to that, if you remember from the absurd, is what Nagel calls um, um, slightly (laughs) self-pitying, where where Camus thinks that to respond to the absurd uh, is to rebel against it and to sort of create your own meaning, even though there objectively is kind of no, um, there is no like metaphysical or ontological meaning to life, right? Like life truly is meaningless, but the way to rebel against that is to directly kind of go against it and almost spitefully or scornfully or like with respect to the silence, you create your own meaning, right? Um, But he says that the absurdity also is like, it results also from the repetition of life and the recurrence of things, Um, you know? And this is where, Obviously, like I'm not spoiling anything because everyone knows, you know, the myth of Sisyphus, generally speaking. So like Sisyphus uh, was a a lower level God who was condemned by the gods to roll the boulder, you know, up the hill over and over and over again. And it would, you know, every time he would reach its task, it would roll back down. (laughs) And, um, you know, like the most famous line from the myth myth of Sisyphus is, you know, Camus implores us to believe that, uh, you know, one must imagine sisyphus happy uh and so he thinks that like you know kind of you know sisyphus is shaking because i'm not spoiling anything essentially because because excuse me uh nagel talks about this too so it's like this is just a very like high level overview sure um but but you know uh Camus almost paints Sisyphus as like shaking his fist against the gods, you know, rolling the boulder, like in spite of them. And that's what Nagel calls kind of self-pitying in a way. Like it's, (laughs) it's a little bit over the top, you know, in some sense. Um, But, but sort of in light of like the absurdity of life, Camus thinks that the central primary, potentially even only question that we must answer is whether or not to take our own lives, uh, and he says to commit suicide. Uh, now, he means that in two senses, actually, which is kind of interesting. And this is the last thing I'll say before, because because this shows up for me in a lot of like the second part of the novel. Um, he says that there are two ways to commit suicide. One is obviously kind of the extinguishing of one's own life, right? That's the physical way of committing suicide. But he also thinks that there's a philosophical way to commit suicide. Uh, and he thinks that, that is remember we talked about how Nietzsche thinks that like most people are camels. Um, Camus essentially paints philosophical suicide as being a camel willingly. Um, so basically, you know, uh, in the way that Sartre says that, you know, this like radical freedom that we have is so intense and it's so robust that it creates nausea in people and they kind of turn away from it. And he says that, you know, we have those bad faith uh, stories about determinism being true and how we actually don't choose our lives and everything like that. Well, the same thing is kind of going on in Camus' view of the world where uh, there, there is this silence from the universe as to our questions about, you know, meaning. Uh, and so a lot of people will turn and embrace an ideology or sort of like a, um, a set of beliefs that answer all of those questions for them. And, you know, Camus talks like religion is obviously one, but modern day versions of this are, you know, being like consumed in just like social media or like buying things or just like the very kind of, um, you know, like materialistic lifestyle. Um, And just not thinking about it or like distracting yourself with it. But basically, so those are all forms of like committing philosophical suicide is uh, not being strong enough to know that your questions won't be answered, but to endeavor to kind of investigate them regardless. So I don't know about you guys, but like, I, I kind of saw some of those themes potentially kind of spurting up here and there about the you know, the, the trial specifically, but also his like um, his inaction. And one thing that I don't know, like we I definitely don't want to answer this now. Yeah, go ahead. Griffin. No, I was going to say if we do we want to discuss like some of the mm.
1: important plot points we didn't really get. Yes, it I was going to I was going to throw it back to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it back to
0: me. Yeah. If we want to like we could just OK, like I that was a little bit longer than I intended it to be. But like, OK, <laughs> like back to the stranger in some sense. You know what I mean? OK. But where uh, do we leave off with the, the narrative? Well, he, so, so, uh, and this, this was like the first person like,
1: takes the gun yes, from okay. him anticipating that it would
0: be bad if he just killed the Arabs in cold blood. But this is where I began. Like this, this was crazy to me. Were you guys like, I was kind of like gripping the book when he did this. So be, because nothing really happens. Uh, and, and, uh, Ramon and, and Mercel just go back to the beach house. But then, but then, like, I was like, what the, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like,
1: did I Giffin, you what to say what happens next? Yeah, so Merceau is just kind of like, he's he, like, kind of just like walking along the beach, and then he discovers, like... The... So he still has the gun. He's, yeah, he still has the gun. But he just, like, goes back to the beach. Yeah, he goes back to the beach, takes, like, a, he takes, like a, like, a walk, which it doesn't seem like there's any intention to it. He, he kind of just, like, walks because, you know, he can't think of a reason not to. He sees, like almost sunbathing like next to a rock is like the um, Ramon's guy, right? Like the, the brother of the woman he was beating. Yeah. Um, and he, <laughs> there's this kind of like odd standoff where he kind of like just watches him and just kind of, <laughs> I, I, what are some of like the comments he makes internally? It was like the was most was, absurd well, thing I've well, ever well, read. Well, but you have to
2: recall like, you know, the walk to like the Arabs. Yeah. I mean, There's like this oppressive heat, Mm. where and he's also drank a lot, you know, throughout the day as well. So he's drunk, and he's having some sort of like, almost like heat induced mania.
1: Heat exhaustion. He's exhausted from the heat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, is he's not in the he's not in his right mind, right? that's that's fair. So like, so it's not as though he just like went for a stroll. Like he's he's not in his right mind at this point, and he. This is the point where you kind of left off here, where he sees the Arabs, as you said, just sort of... I thought it was just the one. Wasn't
0: it just the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what...
2: Yeah, yeah, regardless, he sees the one, like, laying in the sand there, and there's kind of, like, just, like, this stare down for a while, where he, you know, says things along the lines that, you know, it feels almost as though time and all occurrences have kind of paused at that moment as they're just kind of like look, looking at each other and then the Arab pulls out the knife to kind of like indicate, okay, don't come any closer. Like I'm still armed. Right. Yeah. But the way I read it was that because the sun was so bright, like the blade itself kind of like shined and it kind of blinded him. And that kind of set him off to then fire into the Arab once and then to fire four
0: more times. I, I almost wonder if I should read. I'm trying to find it right now because the way it was written was extremely ambiguous um
2: i don't th- I don't think he was assaulted.
0: no, oh, definitely not. No. No, no, no
1: like it's just a matter of like what kind of because he was like talking about the feeling the heat, and there was like a moment where he like kind of takes a step forward and that's like kind of like he I can't take the heat anymore. I must take a step forward, and that kind of like rapidly precipitates towards the shot, I think. But uh, yeah I, I and I and exactly. I and I thought it was I, found once, it. I
2: thought it was once he was blinded too that he
1: Yes he so there's really sort of the flashings kind of, of yeah. like the blade cuz he yeah. the air kind of like pulls it. it out but doesn't
0: like he didn't like it's, you know it, this was like the most absurd thing that I've ever seen uh, or well, I guess ever read um, okay so he says but I took a step one step forward yeah and this time without getting up the arab drew his knife and held it up to me in the sun the light shot off the steel and it was like a long flashing blade cutting at my forehead At the same instant, the sweat in my eyebrows dripped down over my eyelids all at once and covered them with a warm, thick film. So he's like blinded at this point. He goes, my eyes were blinded behind the curtain of tears and salt. All I could feel were the symbols of light crashing on my forehead and and indistinctly, the dazzling spear flying up from the knife in front of me. The scorching blades slashed at my eyelids and stabbed at my stinging eyes. That's when everything began to reel. The sea carried up in a thick, fiery breath. It seemed to me as if the sky split open from one end to the other to rain down fire. My whole body tensed, and I squeezed my hand around the revolver. The trigger gave. I felt a smooth underside of the butt, and there, in that noise, sharp and deafening at the same time, is where it all started. I shook off the sweat in the sun. I knew that I had shattered the harmony of the day the exceptional silence of a beach where I'd been happy. Then I fired four more times at the motionless body where the bullets lodged without leaving a trace. And it was like knocking four quick times on the door of unhappiness. So it's like, what do you guys make of that entire thing where it's like, okay, he he was not in that moment. It, it, he like, the, the account he gives makes it so, so strange where it's like, okay, so like the Arab brandishes the knife first, but then he's like, he's advanced to the point where like, what did he expect the Arab to do essentially? Yeah, and I don't then, think they like, were
1: close enough for him to actually have been physically threatened there. Like, I think the Arab pulled out the <sighs> knife was like, hey, I like, you know, like Adam I, said, I like, didn't, I, I have a knife here.
0: I, I got the sense that they were probably about like, five steps away or something like that like oh, five I to thought, ten. i pages. thought farther i thought farther as well yeah enough where like the air reasonably
1: couldn't have like you know out won the battle with a gun
0: well but i but i thought um so so, so no but like i guess i the the reason why i thought it was closer is because he had been kind of like taking one step forward at a time And then also, like, he was kind of blinded when he pulled the trigger, so it almost seemed as though he knew, like, the direction to fire in. Like, you know what I mean? If you're, like, 30 feet away, that's extremely unlikely that you would just be able to do that.
2: Yeah, which just plays into the absurdity. I'm actually not sure he was that close. Yeah, like, I don't... Okay, I read it Yeah, Yeah, we can go back on that one, but I, I think he fired the gun not intending to hit the guy, and he hit him square. Oh, really? So, Yeah. So,
1: wow okay i read it yeah. very differently that's kind of the impression that i got as well adam like, okay they were like far enough away that like he easily could have just like kind of walked away like there wasn't any like need for altercation like they weren't at the point of no return at all at this point
0: no but, like, that i don't think that wet, was true for my account sweat pores and, yeah
1: well, i mean if you're five paces from each other that's like
0: that's pretty damn close. Well, but the Arab had not advanced. You know what I mean? So it wasn't. But he a was thing still like... laying down, I think. Right. He yeah. Was kind yeah of, like, on his so. side, like with yes. a knife, but like he was still laying down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So like. I, I don't know, like the entire thing where it was just like, it almost seemed as though th- the way he paints that account, doesn't it make it seem like the shots were almost induced by like the sun and the sweat? Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he squeezes yeah, yeah, yeah. his hand, right? Yeah, it's like it's like very strange where he's just like, um, he he he's almost like this passive observer of everything. Where it's just like, like the sun and the sweat, and then like my finger just
1: squeezes. <laughs> yeah, like... the, the the Arab and the gun almost don't even play a role, right? It's like the the sun spears him in the eyes. The sweat pours over. He squeezes his hand. The trigger gives, right? Like. Like, does it give or did you just shoot the guy? Right. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it was also just like, okay, um, could I found it extremely hard to relate to this person where I was just like, the entire time I kind of had like my hands in the, like my hands up where I was like, why are you going back there? Like, you know where he is. That, yeah, that single decision is like the most
1: absurd thing. And I actually didn't even kind of connect the fact that he was drinking earlier. Like, Adam brought that up. Yeah. That, like, that, that does. You know add a lot of context to the situation that i otherwise like otherwise this like this single encounter like Ooh. in the decisions almost are disconnected from everything else in a character that's already kind of like odd that was just like you know beyond the pale but like the drinking yeah. and like the if you're thinking about extreme kind of like mediterranean heats like that kind of does add context
0: um but still it's it's <laughs> very very strange Yeah. Like the, the drinking also is an interesting question for me. Cause like, I mean, phenomenologically you won't be able to relate to this Giffen, but like, um, I don't know, Adam. Okay. uh, Do you know? So this, this is like, I'm, I can't understand this mindset where like, obviously we've both been drunk many times. Right. And I don't tend to do anything when I'm drunk. It's like, okay, yeah, like you wake up and you're like, ah, that was a little embarrassing or whatever, or like, ah, you know, I kind of like, but but they're all like minor. Um, everything I tend to do when I'm drunk is just like, ah, eh, it's like a little bit farther maybe than I would have gone in like real life with like this conversation or like, you know, that joke or, you know, whatever. Um, I said real life though. I meant like <laughs> when I was sober. <laughs> but have you ever met those people? Have you ever met those people where it's like, they, they almost cease to have like rational capacities at all.
2: Yeah. I've met those people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, okay, what, I don't know. Just like, what do you think that says about their sober selves? Because there's almost like a sense in which you could just blame this on like, you know, like, uh, Marsal could like say I was just drunk or whatever. It was like a, not, it wasn't me, but
1: like, I, I, I don't know. Um, well, it's interesting that the alcohol doesn't come up at, at all right? Like, I mean, mm. in like the story, in even, the accounts, in trial, the, account, yeah. Yeah, the trial, like n- yeah. nothing, like the lawyer doesn't even, bring, like it doesn't seem to play a role. So that's why I missed it the first time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, even I, then, I, I if, it seems it like, it seems like if, like going off of like kind of your explanation, Jordan, like it seems like this guy w- was probably in a state pretty close to his sober self. Like, honestly, like if he was completely yeah. sober in this case situation where like the sweat pours over his eyes, he just like, you know, hates the heat. He's like, you know, three times already in this short narrative, we've seen him suffering from the heat. He just kind of like is an idiot and has the gun in his hand still like squeezes. Like it seems, seems to match sober or like, you know, drunk.
2: And he continually affirms that he's guilty throughout the trial. Like he, (laughs) he, like he doesn't, he doesn't actually disagree. Like he, he kind of does um, own the behavior.
1: He comments to the one police chief or whatever. He's like, he he seems finds it strange that like people are asking him questions and things like that, and he's like, "I thought it was a very simple like matter." That's what he says.
2: <laughs> yeah, and also like I'm not going to point to exact quotes, but I mean he does identify with the label conv- uh, uh, convict. Yeah, pretty easily, you know. And I mean, like he just, I mean, there are points where there's some dissociation to the, you know, to where he's like, "Oh wait, I am a convict," right? But 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 it's never like you know. Oh, like you know, I, I'm I've been mistakenly identified or charged, or you know, I'm not ultimately responsible for the behavior. He seems pretty willing to own the behavior, so.
0: And I thought the odd thing about his internal dialogue there was that he never disputed that he was sort of like legally or causally responsible, but he seemed almost in like an amoral manner. Didn't he? He he didn't reflect on whether it was sort of like you know, justifiable or it's like, oh, what, uh, you know, honestly, like, yeah, this was kind of like a legally stupid thing to do, but that guy got what he deserved or like, um, or, or the opposite. He was like, I can't believe I killed a man over to this just like stupid fight with like, you know, Ramon. Uh, it, it, it it was just like, um, he, he almost reacted as like, he was just kind of like dropped into that part of his life and was just like, oh, this is just kind of like what happened, I guess
2: yeah i actually we should read uh like part of the quote that he gives to the chaplain at the end because i mean I, I think that relates to what you just said there let me bring it yeah. up
0: yeah yeah because i i had a few of these sections highlighted myself um
2: yeah, let me let me just read this part here. Yeah. What page? Um, this is 120 for me. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to read the whole thing. But he said, Then I don't know why, but something inside me snapped. I started yelling at the top of my lungs, and I insulted him, and I told him not to waste his prayers on me. I grabbed him by the collar of his cussick, and I was pouring out on him everything that was in my heart, cries of anger and cries of joy. He seemed so certain about everything, didn't he? And yet none of his certainties was worth one hair of a woman's head. He wasn't even sure he was alive because he was living like a dead man. Whereas it looked as if it was, uh, as if I was the one who'd come up empty handed. But I was sure about me, about everything, sure that he could ever be, sure of my life and sure of the death I had waiting for me. Yes, that was all I had but at least I had as much of a hold on it as, it as it had on me. I had been right. I was still right. I was always right. I had lived my life one way and I could have as well lived it another way. I had done this and I hadn't done that. I hadn't done this thing, but I also done another. And so it was as, as, as if I had waited all this time for this moment and for the first light of the dawn to be vindicated. So, hmm. Especially that latter part right there, where it's like it's like a very amoral sense that you were describing there, where it's like, you know, I had lived my life one way and I could have just as well lived in another, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, there's no real moral scheme kind of imposed on that yeah,
1: he, on, he on comments behavior. Several times, he's like, um, outside of this conversation we just read, where he's like, you know, one life is, you know, just as good as any other right yeah yeah he did say
0: that at one point i uh... the the thought about when he said um you know about the chaplain he seemed so certain about everything didn't he and yet none of his certainties were worth one hair of a woman's head I, i i i very much um that made me think about the uh like the absurdity there where basically like he was pointing out that the chaplain is sort of like helpless but too um you know, ask these questions and to kind of come to a firm conviction that, you know, like, you know, just the, like the Christian doctrine is true, but he, he almost, um, this is what I was kind of thinking about. Like, I almost wonder if, um, I don't know, there's a way in which this guy kind of conforms to a lot of the things Camus points out like more philosophically where he, um, he doesn't actually embrace like any of these kind of noble lies about life. But it doesn't lead him to a happy existence in any way. Like, he doesn't, I mean, you know, obviously, like, he he has an ignominious end. But, like, he also didn't seem to be living a, a, a great life before that either. Like, you don't get the sense that he was embroiled in, like, you know, passion projects and, you know, had a career. Um, obviously, he didn't have, like, a healthy romantic relationship, you know, with Marie, no. where it was just like, you know it was very sensual from from his end and then just like you know very like they, they were on emotionally two different pages for her end
2: and I, I definitely understand what you're saying and I also think that it kind of relates to you know his desire to kind of fixate on the physical I mean just all his certainty wasn't worth a s you know a woman's single hair mm. right in the sense yeah. that like it's like I that kind of brought back to me where it's like okay he's just obsessed with the physical sensations and oh. you know of life and it's like okay this kind of highfalutin brand conception isn't anything to what I can touch what I can feel a single woman's so, hair is worth yeah.
1: infinitely more than like him
0: talking about the afterlife right yeah. yeah that's extremely interesting actually uh because he almost um you know he, he almost uh just think about this too. He obviously is not happy to be in prison, but he's also, he, he sort of just describes the mechanistic nature of adapting to life. He was just, you know, I craved cigarettes at first, but then upon not receiving the indulgences, I no longer craved them. Like the, that. It was that, no longer a punishment after I stopped craving them. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, okay that's extremely i was just like i don't know i mean you know i would i feel like you know i feel like uh i i would like lose my mind not being able to do stuff and he's just sort of like the cigarettes were no longer a desire you know a few a few months in
2: that's true but but it is also like another weird aspect to that though because it it says something else about a psychology later on right before the trial when he's offered a cigarette and then he rejects it right so because i i almost get the sense that okay he knows that had he had that cigarette, Mm. then he might then suffer further in prison for a day or two you know with further withdrawals so i'm wondering if there was almost like some you know sensuous kind of maximization on his part knowing that Okay, hmm. I I shouldn't indulge now because otherwise I'm going to have to further suffer. I don't know. I kind of get that sense from him a little bit, where it's like it's all about the nature of experience for him. So yeah, because you know, like you were just describing like in prison, where it's like okay, clearly the nature of his his experience has changed, but you're right. He doesn't seem too upset by it. He seems still like just enamored by just the experience itself. Like you it, know what's about
0: that. Well, well so i totally i think that reading is perfect but then it makes me question his like i guess more global rationality in the sense that okay take that like microcosm and just put it onto killing the arab in the cave it's like okay he kind of essentially took the cigarette there right like he kind of had like a he seemed to be a young man maybe in his like 30 mid 30s or something like that yeah well uh, the diff yeah well the difference seems to be like he didn't really even act like everything
1: building up to that like they were like actions of his but kind of like in the moment it was like the sweat and the heat made him react physically and then the it, you know as adam said
0: kind of absurdly he he bullseyed the guy right but the idea that like he had he knew where the cave was or kind of like that you know the outcropping or whatever because he had just been there right so it was like he went back there with the gun, like it, it 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 almost made me think of like um it almost made me think of like uh ah it's like very hard to come up with a good example, but he he seemed to be engaging in those sort of like pre-steps to doing something where you know that if you begin initiating the sequence of events, you'll reach like the thing, but then you can kind of mentally tell yourself, Oh, I'm not actually do-. you know what I mean? It's like yeah. Um, well, it was like a good exactly. exa- yeah, it's sort of just like um, I don't know. Uh like like if you open up YouTube and you'd be like, I'll just find a video for later or whatever, like that's the biggest lie in the world. Like, you're just gonna <laughs> you know, like you're gonna watch it there. Or uh, you know, I don't know. There are a bunch of like examples, like
1: yeah, I'm I'm just gonna add this to my watch later, and then go back to work. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> impossible. You're,
0: you're like you're a fool and a liar. <laughs> and so that like that it made me think of that where I was just like. Okay, the moment you like the the moment you set out to walk to the cave is that is almost synonymous with deciding to kill the man. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, this is the thing where I'm not sure how reliable he is as a
1: narrator. Like, because if this mm. if we always get his complete kind of internal thoughts, then like it's almost like he actually did not go through that kind of self deception at all. He just that's true. He, he observed the fact that he it happened to go that way, right? That is true. That is <laughs> so, true. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of tricky. It's cause, uncertain
2: because he he is for the most part like, obviously he's like an unemotional character, but he is a rational character mm. throughout the book. Like a lot of the observations he does make are like ring true.
1: Yeah. So now, like actually, he this is something I wanted to bring up a bit ago, but like when it, <laughs> he commented a few times, like in, in situations that seem to be to his detriment, it's like he he will say. It seems to have made complete sense to me, you know, that this Ooh. thing had happened or like this thing had been the consequence of like actions. Ooh. Right. I think this happened once in the um, uh, whenever he was like at the funeral and then once again, like at the prison um, or like in one of the conversations with like lawyer or whatnot.
2: Or, or, um, so or he's the, very or, rational. Yeah, or the prosecuting attorney. when he, that, yeah, the prosecuting right. attorney mm. was putting together a case against him. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, exactly right. He, he, he thought it sounded pretty reasonable just because, <laughs> I mean, the prosecuting attorney had put together a case where in each step there was an actor, right? Someone was making a decision, in fact, in each of these. Like, why why would he go back out to the beach? Like, like, George's yeah. question. Why would he fire into him five times? Yeah. Right. He's asking these questions about, okay, what were the intentions behind this behavior? Right. And from uh yeah. Merceau's point of view, well, there was none, there was no intention yeah. to going back on the yeah. beach. And the, there was the no joke is kind of like, yeah.
1: what, what is it like the, um, the, the, it gets a laugh from like the, the um, people watching the trial, but it's like, it was the um, sun.
2: You said it was the sun. The,
1: you know it, it was he did say it was a son but i mean like he he blames it on kind of like happenstance or some some like entity which is invoked like twice
0: just chance is what he yeah says, the chance right? is what yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah yeah it's
1: like like chance has a lot to like answer for today it's like yeah, that, yeah happens, that was the quit like, from the and like <laughs> exactly yeah it's like um then like you know the the prosecuting attorney makes the case like like obviously the, there is no entity called chance like you That know, some entity has to have been it, some human had to have been making decisions. And then you know you have Merceau sitting over there. It's like, by God, it makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like extremely strange.
1: Uh very strange. There's disconnect there.
0: He 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 almost struck me as like, um, you know, you know, there's like kind of that stoic philosophy of like radical acceptance of just like, okay, like whatever happens, you know, it's just it's just that is what happened. Like I can't change the past and I can't like you know it's kind of like disavowing almost like yearning for things uh he almost struck me as like a pathological version of that um or like you know kind of someone who's taken it too far or like someone who's taken it in the wrong direction where he was just sort of like uh he struck me as like content with almost anything
1: yeah I I, so. do we we very rarely have an instance where he actually articulates like or like you know his actions would seem to indicate like he perceived that a certain thing would like not be beneficial. Right. He, all, he <laughs> yeah, always, I mean, he always does. indicates like indifference, but very rarely one of the cases, again, one of the things that makes the, the following encounter jarring, it's like whenever he recognizes like, okay, Ramon, you should not have the gun right now. I will take mm. the gun. There will be bad consequences likely in my, in my rational brain. That's like one of the very few moments. And of course, like it did, you know, nothing comes of that
2: or or his assessments he, you know when he first enters prison that there won't be women there like yeah. clearly mm-hmm. like like that's a circumstance where he's like unhappy suddenly about yeah, that and, yeah. you know it's so it's like but even that he eventually gets over to some extent i don't think he mentions yeah. it
1: again yeah, no, I mean, yeah. will think of marie like i think at one point but like you know it, it, it has been decided it's like it is fact
0: and then kind of like never again touched it's so strange to me though, because like, so going back to Adam's analogy to like the cigarette. So he was, he, he almost seemed like you know, kind of a very basic utility maximizer where he's just like, okay, like the pleasure of this one cigarette will not outweigh the withdrawals later. Right. Yeah. It was just stunning to me that he couldn't make that same calculation with like just taking the gun back to the beach. It was like, okay, what kind of any pleasures that may come from just like killing a man will not outweigh the loss <laughs> of like every other. There, there was
1: no pleasure though. Like I, that's what I think. I, that, true. True. Yeah, like, I, like, I truly uh... think that the like I mean I don't want to in kind of agree with him too much but like it kind of did just happen that way right like the sweat pours over his eyes like he, he just like is like suffering from heat stroke and like dehydrated like intoxication and just like yeah. you know squeezes like again obviously like there had to have been an agent in all of these steps later. like why was he holding the gun pointing kind of roughly at him. In the first place but still is, like is that
2: is that his one lapse in rationality though in the book i don't think so where where is like another key area or another key lapse in his rationality
0: um when I mean- he writes the letter for Raymond, uh where it's like okay you're sort of like you're sort of impl- implicating yourself in definitely like legal proceedings about an illegal activity there right so it was like he kind of owed nothing to ramon uh and he just upon kind of you know ramon asking like would you, would you write this letter for me i
2: agree, just very I agree strange. with that yeah it's that whole series that, of behavior. yeah that was yeah.
1: an indifference that shouldn't have like that that's where like his um
0: social intelligence being zero kind of like comes into play again it was like it was almost sort of like this uh, like this guy couldn't get out of his own way in some sense um where it was just yeah. I, I, you, I, I
1: mean it, he he observed even to himself he's like most people seem to have a poor opinion of this man right <laughs> like <laughs> but then he finds himself kind of like you know in his <laughs> he, orbit i just wonder how like
2: rejecting the cigarette fits him in like if he's if he's not
1: like it doesn't, it are, doesn't he, involve it, oh it doesn't involve any like People, right? It's a physical thing. He understands physical things, right? So it's very mm. easy to make that kind of, um, you know, prog- prog- uh, prognosis, right? Like, hmm. um, if I take this, I will get pleasure, but then down the road, I will not. But whenever it comes to people, it's like
0: <laughs> he's really just flipping coins. He has a hard time understanding people.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there are there are some cases where like he does indicate like some understanding of like, oh, this person yeah. is experiencing like discomfort. I understand that this would like I would also do this right but in like a very mechanistic way. it is extraordinarily mechanistic, yeah yeah, i know I... I, the cigarette is like the easiest thing in the world for him, right it's like <laughs> it's like would you like prefer to um ex- suffer or not, but like that anything involving people, it's like kind of just like oh i, I suppose it just kind of happened, like they <laughs> kind of uh, responded this way like it didn't occur to me that there was a negative reason to not be with this person, yeah. you know the 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 pimp that no one in the apartment
0: complex like <laughs> it was uh he he also um i don't know like it's, it's like a very natural thing to do like upon making a mistake to kind of revisit it and be like okay you know what what did you know what what portion of this was my fault what portion of this was you know someone else's fault or chance's fault um what could I kind of like what lessons could I have learned you know inform
1: future decisions based off of like observations I'm about to make about my actions and and
0: that dialogue just like did not it was just like not even there never initiated yeah yeah Um,
1: does this man have any second order desires I'm kind of curious like to what
0: extent like
1: he's like he's lacking right does he want to want things physical
0: and so personal like
2: he does seem like a once in honestly
0: (laughs) So he I think be. he, I think he definitely has second order desires, but he does I don't think he has second order volitions. <laughs> so he, so he would be a oh, wanton wow. then. Yeah. He is a wanton. Because, so I think he, so he obviously has first order desires. That's obvious. You know, he lusts after Marie, he wants the cigarette, etc. Right. And I think he has like kind of glimmers of second order desires in the sense that, you know, he reflects on the fact that like, oh, you know, like. I actually don't want to be in jail right now. Uh, and he seems to be okay with that fact in a way that he's, he's, he's.
2: I'll be at first order. Designer, yeah, I was going right? to say
0: that's not even a second order. Yeah. Well, I was saying, okay, with the fact that he he's not like, he's not. um, uh, He's not, I don't want to phrase it. Like, he, cause, cause I don't think he's actually like reflected too much on like what, levels of desires but but you know he uh, he does all that fantasizing about wanting to escape um but then so he clearly wants to escape but he then will say um you know well i shouldn't actually think about this i don't want to want to think about this because uh you know it'll like he says you know give me hope or, or something like that you know he talks in terms of like his own psychology but he doesn't seem to have like a robust kind of second order volition where he decisively identifies with like you know what i mean like with, it's with, always like, i can't think of a reason not to and then it seemed to have happened to me you no know? so yeah. I, I think
1: that's a pretty fair i i think yet the least does have glimmers of second order desires but, but like, he definitely doesn't it, have
0: second order positions this yeah. goes back
1: to like the prose. it's like it. he is able to state the fact that he's desirous of something right Ooh. or that it, or that it feels good right if yeah, like, yeah. but like that is like 90 percent of what we get from
0: him it also um so so uh uh he he also okay i i actually like to continue reading the quote that adam initially started reading because he he also like just begins to talk about like the absurdity of life in general after that so he continues uh this is right where adam left off uh Nothing, nothing mattered. And I knew why. So did he, he being the chaplain. Throughout the whole absurd life I'd lived, a dark wind had been rising toward me from somewhere deep in my future across years that were still to come. And as it passed, this wind leveled whatever was offered to me at the time, in years no more real than the ones I was living. What did other people's deaths or a mother's love matter to me? What did his God or the lives people chose or the fate they think they elect matter to me when we're all elected by the same fate, me and billions of privileged people like him who also called themselves my brothers? Couldn't he see? Couldn't he see that? Everybody was privileged. There were only privileged people. The, the others uh, would all be condemned one day, and he would be condemned too. What would it matter if he were accused of murder and then ex- executed because he didn't cry at his mother's funeral, which for listeners is why, like a, a large reason why he was executed. Um, salamano's dog was worth just as much as his wife (laughs) That was one of my favorite lines (laughs) the little robot woman was just as guilty as the parisian woman masson married or as marie who had wanted me to marry her what did it matter that ramon was as as much my friend as celeste who was worth a lot more than him what did it matter that marie now offered her lips to a new mersal so he was just like he um he just like and and he's shouting all of this like at the chaplain. He's just like, okay, tell me like a deep reason why any of these lives are more meaningful or like intrinsically better than the others. And it's like, okay, um, I definitely like relate to Nagel more about this, where he's like, okay, yeah, um, like the, the ultimately, yeah, all of those lives have the same level of kind of cosmic or ultimate meaning. None. But they're very different types of lives. Like the, the life in which you, you know, are actually like a good kind of like, you know, dutiful husband to Marie, you have a happy marriage. Like that life is like d- substantially different than the one that you're on the road <laughs> of right now. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. okay, um, I don't know. We should, we should, we should honestly reread the absurd um, like with Giffen at this, in this we, series. Yeah,
2: we, we definitely should.
0: We definitely That'd should. That'd be great. yeah
2: yeah, given this new context yes
0: yes yeah yeah, maybe maybe if there's a section of the myth of Sisyphus we could pair it with that but it's just like I don't know about you guys but um well this isn't actually a fair question to ask yet we should we should I should ask this question I was going to say kind of of the three authors we've read so far who do you empathize with most and it's definitely not Camus for me so far like I definitely relate to Sartre more than Camus so far are we we talking about authors or
1: um the characters that? protagonists authors okay (laughs) (laughs) those are different questions no yes yes uh because it was like i I was particularly after the supplemental reading we've done from each of the authors like that yeah but their worldviews versus like the protagonists yes
0: and and i think that it was it's an unfair question to ask so far because we haven't read like the you know kind of the underlying philosophy from Camus. um yeah but like i I was thinking about you know Mersal. Uh, with respect to the previous like episode existentialism is a humanism by Sartre mm-hmm. and um, th- this guy almost seems to be like the radical counterexample to his like you must choose where this guy like chooses nothing almost <laughs> nothing
1: is just the same as moving this is actually I was going to bring up um, do you remember whenever he was like marching t- towards like the um, I think it was like the burial grounds or like mm-hmm. in the funeral kind of process in the the first and they were going scene. up to the
0: via or whatever yeah.
1: yeah so um like this is like this is kind of long march and like one of the nuns or something I, I don't remember or one of the old ladies or caretakers was like you know um it was about like the heat like no matter like you have one option one way and you have one option another way and either way like you're gonna get like it doesn't matter right mm. and that's kind of like where he kind of agrees to the the pinnacle at the very end um with the chaplain is like, Ooh. you know, to move or to not move, it it doesn't make a difference. There is no difference, right? Like that's kind of like the a key difference there. It's like there's a substantial difference um between those two things for like, you know, I think all three of us. But like for for um this character, like right before he dies, this is his revelation. Is like there actually is no difference between anything. That's the lives that's actually, lives are the same. The, that's a great callback. Yeah. The, action versus inaction itself are like It's all the same in the end, right?
0: And he's almost like, I almost get the sense that this character is caught up in the fact that there's no absolute meaning to any of this. And he just like lets that, I mean, you know, I'm just agreeing with like Nagel again here, which like we'll we'll just read him at this point. But um, I just, I, I get the sense that like this guy is just failing to realize that there are different types of like local meaning that you can establish. Okay, yeah, there's no ultimate meaning, but like, you can't just put that down and then just like you know drift away. Yeah, and it's also just like you know Adam kind of suggested that this guy might be like a, a very simple utility, like a utility maximizer. And at first, like I thought, oh, that's kind of right too. But then, but then it's like he just clearly betrays that by just like kind of murdering for no reason, you know, because he was set up for a life of like pleasure essentially he seems to be well not not wealthy but he doesn't seem to he's a modest salary yeah um, he and doesn't no, no so obligation to... with the mother anymore no and he was also like you know seems like he's got like a hot babe and marie who's just like you know kind of fawning for him you know like <laughs> many people comment on her beauty you know it's just like um and she's just head over heels for him uh it's just like i don't know he he's just like thrown everything away for nothing but it didn't even matter to him because nothing matters in the end yeah, yeah. It's just I was very—I don't know It was jarring almost to like read that.
2: Yeah, I think you pretty you, you put it pretty succinctly there. I mean, that's exactly the uh, what happened in the book. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like he had everything, but it meant nothing to him, and he threw it away. <laughs> yes, <So>. yes. Which, <laughs> which also
0: meant so, nothing. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, which also meant with, nothing. Yeah,
0: the loss so, meant nothing too. Which yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Good as any other life. Yeah, it's so strange, actually. Live be... another 40
1: years? What's the difference, you know? Yeah. Which um... actually is going to, I think, tie into the myth of Sisyphus then. Yes. I, I, like I said, I like I think I accidentally listened to, like, the first five pages of the audiobook. <laughs> okay. Um, but
2: I, I did kind of agree with him a little bit on that point, though. Like,
0: uh, you, just well, like, I like, see, yeah, I was just going to say.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, dying 20 years earlier but, versus, like, dying oh. 20 years later. I mean, it's just, like, I don't
1: know there is a sense in which you kind of have to agree to that but then like
0: i was gonna say he rejects
1: He he's content with that he's
0: like that there it is there's my ultimate philosophy <laughs> well, so i was gonna say like th- this may be an experience that adam can relate to a bit more than you potentially given just because like adam and i were raised like super religious um but like do, do you remember that kind of very interloping moment Adam? It was a tr- it's like a transitory state. I think for both of us obviously, but like I think for most people where when you kind of disavow or exit a staunch belief system like that, you do tend to kind of overcorrect to relativism or nihilism of a sense where it's just like this one kind of set of value systems was so restrictive and so forcefully kind of thrust upon you that you overcracked into the other way. But obviously, you know, both of us have come back to the kind of more like local meaning where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, eternity probably doesn't exist. There's no reason to think it does. So it's just like, you know, this life is what matters. And we, I think we both take like a very Nagel view of that. Whereas this guy seems to just almost, um, focus on the fact that there is no afterlife and he's just like wouldn't like don't he just views everyone as fools in some sense the weird part is that
1: it's not even a focus because he 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 has no interest in the idea yeah, right
0: true true <laughs> true but but he I mean, does there's no overcorrection because there was no correction well but he does kind of he does spew a bit of hatred for like the the chaplain's certainty and all these things you know he's just that's he, true he does he does he
1: I think it's easy to relate as someone who went through the like what you're describing, Jordan. But like,
0: well, what? Oh, so so what if it's it's like
2: he he speaks with his own certainty on things, though.
0: Yeah, like I mean, like his physical, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like his. I mean, he he does proclaim pretty strongly, like you know, um, like whole lives are ultimately the same, Mm. and (laughs) that there is no, you know, these things mean nothing, and it's like. Okay, I, he himself speaks with like a certain dogmatism as well. Yeah, like, that's like very it, true. There, there's like a you know that kind of line of nihilism that goes through his thinking. Like it's it's a very dogmatic way of viewing the world as well. I don't know if you got that sense, but I, I certainly did it near the end. Whenever he was just going on that diatribe,
1: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he was railing against it, but he was also kind of succumbing to it in a way, right? He
0: he almost like he almost kind of completed the circle of like he realized things were meaningless and that meant so much to him that like he almost fell for the, his own trap is something like that where, cause you know, like Nagel's definition of the absurd differs slightly from Camus where he says like the absurd is created by, cause Camus thinks that the absurd is like this. um He thinks it's like a fundamental principle, like of reality itself. Whereas Nagel like, you know, kind of in line with the rest of his philosophy on this, like he takes a much more kind of local meaning of the absurd, where he just thinks that the absurd is created by this disjoint between our, um, constantly taking life seriously. You know, we, we think our grades matter. We think our salary matters. We think what our friends think of us matters, you know what I mean? But we can always step back and consider that ultimately none of that matters, you know, in this like, you know, ultimate meaning sense. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like, I almost read this guy as like, th- like, you know, Mersal almost like failed to read Nagel in the sense that like he was swept up in the fact that life had no ultimate meaning. And that fact itself kind of became his ultimate meaning.
2: Actually, are we being too harsh on him? I want to, I want to pose this for a second okay. here. Okay. Cause I, <laughs>
0: was so, <laughs> the murder justified? <laughs> no, no. Consider I, I, this,
2: Jordan. Imagine yourself in his position. What what consolation could Nail give you? On like if if you so you, you mean had, once I'm in prison? you're in prison. You've just been sentenced to death. Okay, like this is going to happen within a year. Like you know what I mean? Like or this could happen within a few days. I I and, was
0: my reading that wasn't it like the no, next no no
2: no 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 no. I'm I'm for you for yeah. you for you. No, no, it's a few days. Okay, I'm but sorry. for you, so like this whole process, like you year out, you've been in prison for a while, and you've been executed, and it's gonna be days out at this point. And like like a chaplain comes in to like like to offer you some meaning, like some <laughs> ultimate meaning. I mean like 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 what sort of like Dialogue, right. do you think he would have like in those moments, like do you think ultimate you
1: would, meaning?
2: Do you think he would draw upon Nagel just saying, like, my life had like local meaning, like, you know, like, here's what it meant to me ultimately, or do you think he would just? explode in this sense of just like the absurdity of life (laughs) i can
0: totally totally empathize with them i can totally empathize with them and it's just like the thing um, is that's
1: consistent with his previous philosophy as well like before he committed a murder right whereas jordan can kind of of
0: us i I would
2: definitely just be like (laughs) i i i would be just like the absurdity of life (laughs) would be crashing down upon me is like just it is true so it is
0: true um Oh shoot, I had a thought, but it actually escaped me.
1: I had a question I kind of wanted to pose, very close to what you had and I kind of already brought it up, but I was curious, considering we have read like the three narratives with the three protagonists, which ones you which protagonists again, not the mm. not the author's philosophies you map onto the most, but like in the narratives, which ones did you relate to the most versus which ones you um you know didn't map onto
0: as well in your experience? i would say definitely the i would say so there's the underground
1: man there's antoine and then there's merceau
0: yeah well underground man is a hundred percent like takes the cake for me um well so again well i should say like uh, you know happily i don't relate to any of these people like too closely (laughs) yeah they're hyperbolic but (laughs) yes yes um but the whole, like, the whole kind of like over analyzing, I think I'm prone to do, like, like, um, you know, the underground man does, and then the sort of like he, he also is self questioning in a way that the other two characters weren't. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm not in a position to know, I don't think that I face the same sort of social problems that the underground man did. Given and I
2: both look at each other, just like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold your horses on that one.
1: <laughs> well, easy. Maybe know. maybe not quite over analysis either.
2: Barely <laughs> yeah.
1: really able to pick one.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I would I mean, I, I don't think anyone else on this podcast is gonna say differently than the underground man, but I will say this. Um there were moments of Merceau's lifestyle that were just like, that spoke of almost like a halcyon that like, I would just like, ah, oh, like what an amazing life. You know what I mean? Just like, even like from his, cause like, I remember like Jordan, you said, you're like, I, I can't, I can't imagine living the life of Antoine for a week. Mm. Right. Mm. I think I could happily live Merceau's lifestyle. Like even with his psychology, like, I mean, it's, it's like a very, almost like hedonistic approach to life in a sense, where yeah. it is just very sensuous. But at the same time, it's <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's just like, I mean, he lives like on the Mediterranean.
0: Of course. With he a beautiful, the, yeah, beautiful with, with the, woman. The, you know,
2: he swims constantly. And it's just like <laughs> his, his apartment opens to a terrace that like overlooks like a small town on the Mediterranean. I mean, it sounds...
0: He also it's, doesn't seem to be possessed by inaction in the same way that Antoine was. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. I I, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I, I also, I did relate to Mersault in the sense that, I don't know, like, we definitely talked about this with the Second Order Desires paper, but like, I definitely act wantonly from time to time where I step back and I'm like, oh like what what like you kind of almost in a you you can't in a second order desire way account for like the past couple days or whatever or like you know that that's a little exaggerating maybe but like the morning or like you don't really you're like ah you kind of like look back on something you're like i don't even know why i did that no yeah
1: um i kind of agree so where i stand is like underground man number one but i've actually like it's it's a close second like with the um with a merseau, like mm-hmm. i i've had definitely periods in my life like in my past where i've kind of like in your present <laughs> <laughs> just the other day in fact <laughs> right now <laughs> right now i'm committing a murder <laughs> but it'll just happen yeah. <laughs> there's no thinking about it true, it just true. happens um but no like there there have definitely been like periods in my life where i kind of like observed like you know those kind of things did just kind of happen to me you know yeah. and like i i yes. kind of like almost forwent like the the agency for periods of time right like yeah i can think of periods in high school and college where this was the case um much oh, less yeah. so recently but like so there again like he seems to live his entire life like this and there's never been like a moment where of like a reflection about it it just kind of like is right like there's no like other experience to like compare it to for him this kind G- of just G- is life
0: so it's like different but like i've
1: definitely experienced that so it's like underground man number one and then um merceau like for periods of my time like 1.5 and then it's like
0: antoine Mm -hmm. like six (laughs) we've only read three but the the um i had a hard time mapping on him it's actually really funny um the experience of applying to undergrad uh I was was thinking the exact same thing. Dude, I was literally Mersault when doing Literally, what is the difference? No, no, I was (laughs) literally, but but the, so I've actually lived both lives um, in the past, you know, whatever, six years, where Mm. when I was, okay, when I was applying, I was literally a wanton. Like, I I was like, like, I'm not even just exaggerating this, literally a wanton with respect to, okay, like we've obviously talked about this on the podcast before, but like our high school was not, um, you know, like the best in terms of like career preparation or like it didn't actually focus on like those kind of aspects of life. You know what I mean? Where It, was it didn't just give like, you the tools for like analysis of your like
1: no, heavy decisions that were just like, like pass the
0: PSSAs or or whatever they were and just like, you know, get, get out of like our high school essentially was just like. Um, and then also, like, mean, obviously, you guys know that like my family is not academically minded. Uh, so it was like, OK, no. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so so it was like dude the experience of applying to college is like i remember i literally didn't even choose to like major in engineering it was just like i kind of found myself like i was like just appla- i was just like applying to the engineering school i was like well i i didn't even know like what
1: i was doing <laughs> literally jordan that is exactly what i was thinking of whenever i invoked high school <laughs>
0: dude, that, that is the,
1: that is the thing it's like it's like it's you. the information <sighs> absence is just like you you, someone's like so how what led to this and you're like well
0: no literally my account would be the sun and the sweat (laughs) (laughs) The sweat in my eyes i was a biologist no literally like dude my account would be uh, you know uh like metaphysically or like psychologically indistinguishable from the sweat and the sun there so the
1: fact that i can like point to periods of time in my life where i was Marceau, you know makes him like you know very close to the underground man in that case, whereas the underground man, it's like, he's a hyperbolic version of like what I experienced mm-hmm. For Marceau, So it's like, I've experienced him for like periods of time or moments.
0: Well, right? Yeah. So I was going to say the experience of applying and then eventually accepting like the graduate programs was kind of a combination of uh, the underground man and Antoine in many ways, because so like, you know the fact that i got like accepted to like multiple masters programs made me extremely related uh like made me relate to a high degree to the underground man where I was like overanalyzing everything like it I know yeah Giffen you and I had like many many conversations where the thing I is, just I, like we're similar enough that like
1: I was in it too I was like invested I, y- yes you, you were just <laughs> I was like, like the calculus is there I could let it like
0: see you on the other end of the, like, the discord where you were just like <laughs> okay but like what was the cost of living in this whole, one place We, I was like so that made me like very much relate to the kind of like acting to one's advantage in that sense but then at the end of the day Oh my god this actually just like i that this just clicked for me in sartre's you know meaning an existentialism or existentialism as humanism yeah all of these systems like i had this spreadsheet and i had all of this shit laid out and at the end of the day no system of thought could tell me which choice to make i was but free the fact to that you chose
1: that system of thought <laughs> literally yes literally, <laughs> like, would lead to the choice
0: and it was and it was the fact that like also houston was not the program that offered me the most money it was not like the place that was in the best like uh uh cost of living uh it was you know what i mean it was just like but i just it, like at the end of the day i was just like sartre's <laughs> yes i was just like i was like the student who like came to sartre he was like you are free therefore choose <laughs> So I've like, I've like, I have, I have like many experiences where I can deeply relate to all three characters. Yeah. I don't know. What
1: is, I actually have to ask this again, but like, what was the Antoine kind of relation there? Because. Oh, the, um,
0: well, so yeah, you're right. I, I talked about Sartre there, but not Antoine. Exactly.
1: Then, that was my problem with that character. And I, again, we, after we read a little bit more of, um, Camus, we can have this discussion about the philosophies, but in terms of like the characters, um, about these, like these are all like the like important novels from or novellas from these, yeah. Um, and so, like psychologically, like these are very prominent, um, pieces.
0: So I was so, just curious. So for Antoine, it was definitely like in like the like the pull of inaction mm-hmm. k- kind of generated by like the Dostoevsky, like over analysis almost, where it was just like, yeah, I felt. Like it was almost like kind of you know Sartre was telling the truth, where it's like you are free, therefore choose. And then I was at times like almost Antoine in the sense where I was like not choosing. Yeah,
1: you, you know in terms of the mean? actions, I think I can relate to that. It's just the, his psychology in particular, where like the nauseous feeling, like I had a very hard time with. But um, ah, uh,
0: I I definitely I definitely did get the nausea of just like it, it, in a sense like okay like I definitely felt the. Because you know that you know, kind of the idea of choosing, uh, you know, like a school is a a concentration of many other decisions. You know, like yeah. you know, when, when you choose many decisions, you don't know the gravity of them. They could be larger than you think. They could be smaller than you think. But yeah. like this one, you know, there's like you know, you can kind of calibrate. Like this is a fairly you know a large gravity you know like uh, situation uh, mm-hmm. that I'm choosing, and so like I very much did feel. Um, like th- like that nauseating feeling of just like you must choose and there's only like one path you can choose and you know there is no ref- like there is no refrain from the choice I think that's know? fair yeah
1: I partly asked the question cuz I wanted to see if I could allow myself to have related to antoine more than I you know yeah, thought yeah. at first I think and I definitely I, relate to him the least yeah okay adam I, I we were talking there um a lot but i'm i maybe reiterate what you had said or Um, i don't know i I mean i mean like
2: like i definitely like i'm not on the same page with you guys when it comes to like how you guys make decisions um i that's why i was curious like 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 i don't know i guess maybe this speaks poorly on me or poorly of me but like a lot of big decisions like, don't hit me with the gravity of how big they are they're just almost like any other decision so Like, for example, like the idea of, like, if I were to, like, choose between two master's programs, like, I wouldn't feel like the weight of that decision. I would probably just look it over and then choose, but then be done with it. Like, I honestly, Hmm. like, I, like, that's how it was for me for college, at the very least. That's how a lot of my decisions are made, where it's not that there isn't, you know, some calculus that goes into it, but it's not that, like.
0: Once you get the answer, it's done.
2: Yeah. And I don't really like second guess shit like down the line. Like I, I just kind of like, if I choose it, I choose it. And it's, it's just kind of.
0: Yeah. So I, I, the interesting <laughs> thing is that the, I didn't second, I haven't second guessed it since I made the decision. Well, don't focus on that part. Think about, yeah, like the, yeah, did you yeah, feel the, the
2: weight, the gravity of the decision?
0: Oh, of course I did. But the interesting thing is that I also recognized that I never felt that gravity when choosing to apply to grad schools. It was so I, I'm like, I think I experienced, I don't know, I, I feel like I maybe I'm like realizing that I have a wide breadth of types of experiences than when like making decisions because I when when you said like, it actually doesn't strike you as that I, I totally related to that in a sense that. I literally chose to like quit a very lucrative job, like a very secure job to do the opposite of those two things. And it like was not, I I literally just kind of did it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a, I need to like deliberate about this. Yeah. I definitely had your experience,
1: Adam, for sure. Um, Both in like the past um, in applying to college um, and, but also more recently. Um, But yeah, I'm like thinking back and it it was like, I was just going to click on. No, like it, when in terms of like picking major, it was like I I was remembering back. I was like, you know, like I I remembered enjoying like the subject of biology. Um, so it's like it seems like that was the decision I had already made. <laughs> yes,
2: right? or or like me starting the tutoring business. I mean, yeah. I it sounded like a good idea, so I did it.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. There wasn't yeah.
2: like like moments where I was yeah, that's just impressive, like,
1: actually. <laughs> like What I, it was just—it's it, like a lot more than just that single decision, and you no, kind no, of came through.
2: No, no, for sure. I mean, like, I just I was like, okay, well, how does it need to get done? Like, I would need to get a place. How am I going to advertise sort of doing that? Like, I don't know, like, it just, it just sort of like, it seemed like a good idea. So I just went with it. There wasn't like this moment where I was just like, like, holy shit, what am I doing? Like, this is like a very, very big decision here. It was more like, I, I would was, have like, had I, that. <laughs> I know, I, but like, I was aware that it was, I would like, have a felt
1: bad. the weight. Yeah. The gravity <laughs> i mean like
2: i i just like i i understood it was a big decision but at the same time like i i just it, it didn't, like, it didn't i understand
1: that other people will view it that way
2: <laughs> no it, it's just like i just am, i'm kind of struggling to think in my life right now of like where i've been presented with a choice and it struck me like the magnitude of the situation is like struck me with that single choice.
1: If you have uncertainties, do you feel gravity? Cause I think mine might be related to that. Um, like It's one thing if like, you kind of just like ask yourself the question, you're like, wow, I, I am you, observing you know that I'm this like leaning
0: here. Uh, Given what you said actually made me realize that. I, I think the only time I've ever felt that way was about deciding between the grad school programs, like specifically between them. And I was kind of trying to think about that, like experience more. And I've kind of never been a, in a position in life where I have like so many good options. Like, cause right. We talked about like when I applied to like colleges, I just applied to like essentially Pitt and Penn state where there are only live options there. And then it was just like, okay, Pitt's better. I'll just go, go there. Right. It was just like, okay, well, when I like accepted the job, it was just like, okay, they gave me an offer. It's good pay just like where i want to like you know kind of I just take it right but like this was the first time ever actually that i've had like multiple good options and i'm actually wondering if like the reason why i felt that nausea for the first time ever i think was actually because i don't know how to phrase it it wasn't like an uncertainty about like it wasn't how do i want to phrase it it I I think it actually came down to it was really difficult to find the right answer as opposed to I don't think I sat on the right answer for a long time and sort of like rode that wave of just uh, it's really hard to explain this but do you guys get what I'm kind of going for Yeah, it
2: didn't seem like the decision was clear.
0: I think that was actually yeah, and I think yeah, a a lot of my decisions have been
2: clear. Yeah, like like, even if like I. Like, say, like, I'm presented with something and I don't even follow through on it, right? But, like, even in in those... Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, regardless, (laughs) baboons. I (laughs) won't even deny it. Because quiet, let's quiet the zoo. A howling (laughs) monkey over here. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but, like, even in those situations, like the magnitude isn't as much the experience just considering like, I do know what the right decision is. Like I, like very rarely like, I think of circumstances where I'm like, I'm not sure what's the better option.
1: Yes. Right. See, I, So I don't Adam, yeah. know. You, you both should know this, but I am like someone who like, <laughs> I will admit to like, agnostic being agnostic so often it's like i like i will discover myself feeling that there's like you know um a certainty about the decision but i ultimately i know that like i simply don't know and like i i experience like uncertainty so frequently like that might (laughs) i almost wish that i kind of experienced the way adam did right where it's like you know it's like okay well it seems like this is what's going to be done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i need to do this i'll do this it's like oh this is the decision
0: to do over this like it's very straightforward i'm actually i'm actually i'm i'm realizing that wow that's crazy the at least I... with like big decisions with small decisions i feel like i can relate to that but like Dude, this is crazy. This is the way I answered was so skewed by the most recent like set of decisions I've made because that's actually <laughs> the only time ever I'm thinking of every other decision I've ever made, like even recent ones, like um where I'm gonna live in Texas. I literally just like there were two guys who were in like the second year or were going into the second year of the program. I just applied. I got accepted. I did, that's where I'm going. Like that's that's where I like where I'm living. Like there's no, you know, there was no. Anything like it just it seemed like a fine place to live. I just did it, you know what I mean? Yeah, e- even as far as like, um, like, uh, you know, because, because like you guys know, I've been like working on the BMW for a while, so I like want to take that down. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, geez, like that's a long road trip for like a 34 year old car. I was like, well, I've got to do some work to like make sure I can make the journey, but I just found myself like doing it, it wasn't even a decision, it was just like, oh, I'm just gonna. Like it, it was once just, you decided to think about it
1: it's like you laid it out it like or you you know could
0: uh, yes I'm realizing like I, I actually think it literally came down to that was one of the first times ever in my life if not the first time that I literally had like multiple great options that I it wasn't that I knew what I wanted and I was just you know kind of um like lollygagging about the decision it was like the, the problem there for me was I actually couldn't figure out what the best decision was. But I remember eliminating schools was not like that at all, where I would, I could, I would like, we we joked about it. (laughs) I would, yes, yes, I would find, well, some of the schools were bastards, but, (laughs) but, but I would find myself having decided at the same moment, I was pulling up my email to type out that I had decided like to go against that place. Do you know what I mean? So it was just like the moment of action and decision were kind of one there.
2: Yeah, I yeah rarely do i I, i'm not sure i've ever had that experience it's just like i remember like for college it was like it was between pitt and hamilton Mm. and then i remember that yeah yeah and like i'm like i think i i visited hamilton i'm like i'm gonna go to hamilton i like it here i just it wasn't like
0: yeah it wasn't
2: it wasn't the fact that pitt wasn't a good option Pitt was a great option lots of people i know there but it was like this just appeals more to me. It was distinctly.
0: They were on different tiers, yeah.
2: Or it's just just one happened to appeal more to me. It wasn't no, it wasn't like ambiguous. Like, well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like vacillating back and forth. You know what I mean? Between two, it was like no, like this appeals more to me. And then I got into Cornell, and it was like, now go there. So yeah. it was just like yeah. it. You know so Like oh, there was there was there was no real like, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. It
0: just. You know what's funny? I kind of. <sighs> Because I'm really, I'm really trying to like deeply remember and introspect about the whole, you know, phenomenology of like choosing. There were absolutely. This is the first time I've ever experienced this. I I think it is very true to say that this is the first. That was the first time ever where I had decided on Houston, and then for several days afterwards, sort of, almost like double checked the other like offers or whatever to be. You know what I mean? To be like this is wrong. Right. Cause it was like, Oh, I've never been in a position where I wanted to say yes to multiple things almost. Do you know what I mean? Cause like, I was like, I was obviously so unsatisfied with my job that like, okay, that's not like a pull. Right. And the idea like, but all of these places were like so amazing that I had to just be like, okay, can I actually say no to this? It was, it was almost that sort of a thing. Yeah, which is actually that strikes me as really odd that we're so rarely in that sort of a position
2: yeah i'm I'm really in that position where it's yeah like
0: there are,
2: yeah i've been in positions where there are multiple good choices but not multiple you know or equally good
0: choices yeah. So, yeah 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 and i think like i mean i talk with both of you at length obviously about this but like what made it so difficult, too, is the fact that there were many kind of incommensurable axes for that, you know, sort of like, you know, placement rate into PhD programs, specific professors, uh, cost of living, you know, stipend, like all of these things. It's like, OK, at what level of stipend does it like, you know, make up for like a slightly worse placement rate or whatever? It's like, how, how do you weigh that? In Sartre's quote, it's like you
1: simply like after you make the decision, you discover that, you know, you it that much.
0: Right. Literally, li- literally like that. That was the experience of cho- it was like I realized that I had chosen Houston. It wasn't even like <laughs> I chose Houston. Yeah. No, 100
1: percent. I'm kind of pulled into like an economist mindset in this case where it's like whatever, like what they do, like that's kind of the data. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everything else will map back onto that. Right. You need to square with that kind of in a way. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't know if we're kind of feel like we're kind of tapering off. I think um, definitely. Yeah. But um, I actually found a quote like coincidentally. Um, like a week ago, like it was like in this uh, perfectly kind of fits into the discussion. So I like this is, you know, very much about like the kind of the experience of um, making decisions. So I, I wanted mm. to kind of read it if that's all right. Um, yeah, definitely. It's a quote by Sylvia Plath. Um um, it's from her work at the bell jar. Um, but it's, um, it's actually fitting in a couple of ways. Um, but I'll just read it. I saw my life branching out before me, like the green fig tree in the story from the tip of every branch, the fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. One fig was a husband and a happy home and children. Another fig a famous poet and another fig was a brilliant professor. And another fig was, um, E.G., the amazing editor, and another fig was Europe and Africa and South America. And another fig was Constantine and Socrates and Attila and a pack of other lovers with queer names and offbeat professions. And another fig was an Olympic lady crew champion. Um, And beyond and above these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting in the uh, crotch of this fig tree, starving to death, just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I would choose. I wanted each and every one of them. But choosing one meant losing all the rest. And as I sat there, unable to decide, the figs began to wrinkle and go black. And one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet. Wow. Very good. That's a great quote, right? <laughs> that's an amazing quote. That's yeah. like I think that kind of describes kind of like where my issue comes from, especially like the the quote about like the figs you couldn't quite make out. It's like the knowledge that there are options out there that might actually like, you know, be better than all the ones that, you know, you were considering like that all of that kind of leads to great, um, uncertainty. That's kind of like how I experience all of my life. It's like, (laughs) like at some point, like if I'm making a decision, the the notion that there is something out there that probably would be better. It's just like, I just don't have the information Mm -hmm. like available to me that it's like, damn it. (laughs) Because before you, yeah,
0: before (laughs) you know it, you don't know that like that, (laughs) that fig is out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Great, I thought that was I thought that was like
1: relevant to what we were kind of just describing with decision making in particular, big decision making. I think
2: yeah, that's definitely. a
0: great quote to end on. Yeah, yeah, it's,
2: it's a very good
0: one. Yeah, I'm surprised we got as much out of this. I thought this was going to be a very short episode, but yeah. to my surprise, it's closer to two hours. The narrative is short, but we can pull a lot out of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, to the listeners, I don't know exactly what we're doing next, but um, I hope you enjoyed this discussion and stay tuned for more on existentialism. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Plato's Cave. Um, I always enjoy discussing topics with, uh, with these two guys. So if you want to um, support the show in any way, you can do so simply by sharing it. Uh, I'm hoping to get this show out to more people. Uh, and so if you want to share it on Twitter or social media, that would really help me. Uh, you can also rate it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Like this video if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe uh, via Apple Podcasts or an RSS feed. Uh, You can also discuss it on your own show and link back uh, to my website. Or you can connect me uh, with recommended guests or topics to cover. Uh, You can get in contact with me at Plato's Cave Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan underscore C underscore Myers and I now have a website for my philosophy endeavors at jordanmyers.org. If you want to know a little bit more about me and my fellow co-hosts, as I said in the introduction, I'm a master's student in philosophy at the University of Houston. I did my undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, where I studied mechanical engineering and philosophy. And now that I'm back at school... I'm hoping to more closely study uh, moral responsibility, free will, ethics, epistemology, and moral psychology. Those are topics that I was uh, introduced to and got really interested in in my undergrad work. So uh, Adam and Giffen accompanied me on this show, and Adam is uh, one of my oldest friends we actually met in kindergarten um, and we've been interested in philosophical topics for as long as we can remember and in a lot of ways it's been the basis of our friendship. Uh, Adam studied chemistry and biology at Cornell and he is currently working at a law firm Um, and he's especially interested in moral responsibility as well but also law, religion, and free will. Uh, Giffen is also one of my oldest friends and Uh, We've been friends since elementary school as well. Um, Giffen studied biology and economics at RPI, and now he works in human health research. Uh, He believes that there's very interesting overlap between both of his fields of study and philosophy, and he's particularly interested in exploring political philosophy. So this series was right up his alley. Um, And with, uh, with all of that information... Again, I hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode, and I hope that you get in contact with me or or follow my work in any way that you uh, deem reasonable to do. So with that, thank you for listening.